Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're also joined by special guest Jonah Maria Macias from thewookiegunner.com. Jonah Marie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Of course, of course. Uh, glad to have you on. This is your first time on our podcast, so thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. Um, <laughs> it was really fun to watch these episodes with you because we went to the screening at Lucasfilm uh, about a week ago uh, to see these. And afterward, you actually hosted the Q&A with Dave Filoni. Yes, uh, yeah. So that was a real treat and something I still can't believe happened. <laughs> yeah, no, you did a great job. Cool. And we will we'll dive into the uh, what, what you and, uh, and Dave discussed I think after we get into the episodes, just because we don't want to, we want to review it first and then we can kind of provide all those little tidbits and behind the scenes pieces of information, which were very, very cool. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're very excited to have you on. These are some crazy, crazy episodes that I cannot wait to review. I I think that that's to say the least, especially when it came (laughs) to the second episode. Oh yeah. Oh Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So Tom, with that, do you want to let us uh, know what episodes we're going to be reviewing tonight? If people don't know already for some reason absolutely uh tonight we're going to be reviewing rebels season four episode 12 wolves and a door written by dave filoni and directed by dave filoni and bosco ning um in this episode ezra leads the ghost crew back to the jedi temple on lethal where they discover that the empire has diabolical plans for the powerful secrets it holds Mm, finally we get an answer to the secret to why lethal is so important absolutely just it's about a quick question Go ahead. Uh, does the Empire not have diabolical plans? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think this one is a little bit more diabolical than all the other ones combined. True. This is like the so ultimate secret plan, which we'll discuss shortly. Well, but, well but, you know, Stardust, I think, would be the ultimate ultimate secret plan. But I think for Lethal's I don't know. Case, this is this is almost worse than the Death Star. I but, think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, you uh, know. Um, but uh, generally, you know, the, the episode starts with the uh, some Lothcats uh, run, you know, run around playing with the white Lothro. What, what did you think? I know you're a big fan of the, the Lothcats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a great way to start it because we had just come off of that r- emotional roller coaster ride with Kanan. So they really needed to put something in there to cheer us up. <laughs> yeah. some, some kind of Definitely. comedy relief from appearances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially you know, uh, you know, we watched the four episodes back to back. But even coming, even like a week later, you, you, it's it's nice to have something a little lighthearted before the episode gets very, very dark and very serious uh, yeah. a bit later on. Um, so that was nice. And you know, it, it picks up right where we left off, right with the the stone tablet um, with the 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 hands on them that the Ezra received from the Loth wolves, and they decide to go to the Jedi Temple. Uh, and so we get this really interesting. Um, scene where they get to basically ride the Lothwolves through some sort of like force tunnel thing, mm-hmm. um, force hyperspace. It, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't even know. Force what to doorway, call it. <laughs> doorway. No, the doorway's later, Tom. Well, exactly. I, okay, but before you do that, you're forgetting one thing. Didn't Chopper sit there after they all mount their Lothwolves? Didn't he kind of say, "Well, what about me?" 
Oh, yeah, he no, did. I, that was classic. <laughs> that was so classic. And what happens? Oh, chop. yeah, the long for quite it. a bit too. <laughs> yeah, chop gets chopped. Uh, chopped. <laughs> a good one. And uh, yeah, carried the entire way. And I, and I also loved Zeb's reaction too. Uh, he's so skeptical because you know Ezra summons the uh, the Lothals with the Force, and Zeb's like, I don't know about this. Uh, he's very skeptical, and uh, you know, it talks with its eyes. It's the, whole, the whole scene with with Zeb was was great. It kind of falls in line with uh, when you go back to Mystery of Chopper Base, how he doesn't like anything that has more than two legs. Yes. So, <laughs> so to kind of, you know, you, you think about the Lothals and the fact that they're on four legs. So it, it, it goes along with the whole, he's not fond of multi-leggers. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they you know, they, they start riding through those, the fields and um, they almost like start to sink into it. Yeah, if you, if you look, you know, it's, with the shot, like they kind of like disappear out of the bottom of the of the camera. Um, it's it's kind of like as they go, they are sinking, but then at the last minute, it's almost like they were on a roller coaster that just went down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so trippy to watch because, I mean, obviously it's an animated show, so mm-hmm. that's a lot e- like it's a lot easier to do than if it were you know live action. But like watching them like slowly sink below the camera just was a it was a oddly cool effect. Mm-hmm. It was. It almost felt a little weird at first. Like the camera angles off. And you're like, oh wait, no, that's, yeah. on, that's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> or but, like, are they going downstairs? Like exactly. Yeah, and and just the whole uh, the the music that accompanies it as well with the drums in the background. Kevin Kiner yes. and his team have done an amazing job with these episodes. Yeah, they did a great job with this one. Yeah, we, 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 we need to get a soundtrack release at some point for seasons three and four. It's been a while since the last soundtrack. Uh, and Kevin Kiner does such an amazing job. Hopefully he'll get to do a, uh, you know, one of the films someday, or at least you know, keep doing the, the television series and putting out those albums because I love listening to them. Yeah. Okay, a quick, a quick yeah. question on the aspect of them going into this force, whatever they did. Is mm-hmm. this the first time that we've ever seen non-force users go through something like this, almost like a, oh, force well, hyperspace to the other side of the planet well when they first went to the you know wherever the rebel base is on the fall isn't that how they got there as well as they they yep. rode the loth wolves and i don't think we saw the like hyperspace gate like they just kind of fell asleep and then they were there well there was the oh, good point I think you, could see had the, it. The, you could see the palm prints of the loth wolf walking through the hyperspace-ish tunnel right right and i think um, but this is the first time the same yeah. kind of they happened to sabine at one point too same thing yeah and Fair i actually enough. liked how as you're going through this tunnel you see vision, uh, you know, you see all the different characters from the series talking and it kind of, um, it's almost a way of doing like a greatest hits or a flashback without actually doing that. Um, which for the end of the series is kind of nice because it, it, it kind of brings it all full circle because you see all these clips of the very beginning of the series when, you know, Kanan first meets uh, Ezra and, and, and everything, which, mm-hmm. which I liked. Yeah, it was, like I said, it's an... It was a good way to like, you know, bring the show back to its roots before, you know, we jump into the finale. Yeah. The one yeah. downside I have to say, or well, not downside, but it was a little sad, a little bittersweet seeing it at the end. Uh, in the credits, Freddie Prince Jr. is still credited as Kanan because he has that, that line of dialogue, but he's in the guest starring section, not in oh. the oh. It's like, oh. That, that's <laughs> just Salt not right. I, yes. I miss that. <laughs> Yeah, he's I mean, way down I, at the bottom. 
It's oh, that's a did they did they at least just put Kanan? They did put like Kanan and then parentheses dead. Deceased. <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> that even works. No, 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 no. Kanan he's not. He's not dead. He is one with the Force. Well, um, as we learn with the next episode. Oh, sorry. He's also jump maybe ahead. a wolf. No, no, no. I like anyway. We'll we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Exactly. Um, but I, I love what they did with the Jedi Temple once they once they finally arrived. Um, uh, generally, any like thoughts on this excavation site, the dig site? Well, I mean, I went to college for archaeology, so I saw oh, it as did. like, yeah, oh, that's, so. right. that's perfect. <laughs> and we got so the I perfect thought... person for the show. <laughs> <laughs> so they were, they actually had a great, you know, uh, setup there <laughs> in okay. terms of, you know, excavating and, and making sure everything was in its position so that way nobody was touching it. So when, when Sabine was touching it, I was actually with the minister saying, you know, don't touch that, Sabine. <laughs> you could ruin it in some way. Um, but yeah, it's also very sad at the same time because they're not, they're excavating it, but then there's also a sense of them not having any respect for what they're, for what they're excavating. And that's the appearance that I got from it because they literally cut off the door. Cause even, even Ezra said, the mm -hmm. door has gone, it was completely cut off. And then when yeah. you see those chunks, it's yeah. like, how are those chunks cut off to where can they be put back together again in the proper order to where if they are symbols and a quote unquote language, how can they read it? That's interesting. I, I didn't. They they cut the door off. I I missed that. that I thought it was, that's what I that's what I thought. I thought the I thought the temple had sealed itself. No, I thought I thought Ezra said yeah, that huh. they cut the door off. Yeah, they did, and there was like this gaping hole in it yep. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, right. And, okay. And I think yeah, and it isn't like the, there's the gaping hole, but it still has like another set of doors beyond that, yes. right? Oh yeah. yeah. It's like the yeah, main yeah. Because the the Jedi Temple protects itself. Yeah. Right. Doors now I gotta say doors. one thing when you're talking about Kevin Kiner and his music. This whole two-parter was so Indiana Jones influence in music. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loved every minute of it because it worked. Indiana Jones within the Star Wars universe, you kind of expected like a little fedora somewhere, which we saw, I think, in Rebels. I'm sorry, in Clone Wars at some point. But, you know, something. But it was still pretty cool. I completely yeah. agree. And I also like how they, they kind of um, tricked us a little bit when, when Ezra and Sabine are heading down to the dig site. Um, because you know, usually they say, "Oh, we're gonna steal some armor," and then the next time you see them, they're in the armor and they're running along. And so all of a sudden, they're 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 in their speeder bikes, they're on the speeders, and um, uh, and Thrawn shows up, and you think, "Oh shoot, he's got them," even if he's just a hologram. And, and then you realize, "Oh no, that's actually Chopper projecting the hologram, and that's how they captured the stormtroopers." Yeah, um, <laughs> which was a nice surprise because I was definitely it was a nice bait and switch. I was not expecting that. I thought that they were that Ezra and Sabine were already in the armor at that point <laughs> and it worked very well because you could see if this was supposedly the the imperial you know excavation that's nobody knows of you could see thrawn overseeing it in a hologram to make sure that everything's going correctly definitely oh absolutely yeah now now steven i'm curious um what did you think of minister hayden it's a new character played by malcolm mcdowell i i actually really liked him he was mm -hmm. just this very like I thought it was he might have been like uh, what's his name Sate Pestage, one of the emperor's yes. advisors, but he had that very like we've seen a lot of the uh, I don't know, like the 
imp- I don't want to say imperial because that's the right word. The military leaders of the empire, the you know the bureaucrats, the like high level politicians. We've seen what that looks like when they're evil, but we haven't seen you know the like the evil archaeologist or the evil historian, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, Minister Hyden I thought did very very well. Yeah, I was joking with a friend that he he kind of looks like uh, Palpatine's brother. We started calling him Randy Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, yeah, that we, was good. He, you know, he had to change his name after you know Palpatine went big in the Senate because you know who wants to be the senator's brother? But yeah, I know. <laughs> poor Randy, Just good old Randy. Oh. <laughs> I want a one-shot comic of him now. <laughs> Hayden or Randy Palpatine? Oh, Randy. <laughs> you know what? I could see it happen because if they brought Tag and Bank into the universe, can't you see Randy Palpatine and have Tag and Bank along with him? Yeah. Talk about it. Talk about a comedic trio. That would be hilarious. He's, oh, he's just, always in his older it. brother's shadow. Yeah. No, I just I picture it. He's like. He's sitting at home. He's just got like a bowl of soup that he's eating. Very unassuming, you know, small little cottage on Naboo. And it's then the news tea. comes on, little tea news comes on and it's, you know, Senator Palpatine declares himself emperor and just like, oh, not again. <laughs> <laughs> Sheaves at it again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, too yeah. funny. Uh, 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 General Rhee, though, thoughts on, on the minister? Uh, yeah, I actually there was a lot of tweets going on about how he looked very similar to a character in Rogue One during Vader's when that castle scene. Mm. Oh mm-hmm. yes, oh, and Rakrinic I honestly went. couldn't remember that. <laughs> I mean, I remember the castle, but I couldn't remember that character. I I remember because he goes um, he goes up to the pod that Vader is in and says Krennic is here, and then that's when you see the liquid disappear from the tube mm-hmm. yeah oh, i know i know the guy that talking. shot from yeah. the trailer yeah yes the shot from the trailer yeah. where you actually see the face you don't see it in the trailer but in the in rogue one you see the face the opposite I direction see. so yes yeah that's the character gotcha wow. i can see it i think we know now that it is not actually minister hyden no <laughs> no unless uh <laughs> Unless his dive was a little bit uh, less successful than we thought it was. That but... was actually Randy Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> well, Hayden could have had a twin brother. Uh, okay, I'm actually watching it now. He kind of kind of does, but you don't really see... You really only see him from behind. Um, you see a little bit of the face. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, half a dozen one or another. You never That's know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't that we know we know it's obviously not him, but maybe they're part yeah. of the same group or something. He's got the purple and the same black uh, mm-hmm. colors. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. it's you know a group that's uh, I'm blanking on the word, but you know obviously there's a set of people that report to the emperor and presumably Vader as well, dedicated to tracking down Jedi history and things like that. And that's why I'm so glad they introduced it in this. We, we've seen bits and pieces before. But it was really nice to see, you know, obviously there are military operations, but this is not a military operation. It's a, uh, you know, well, well they don't, um, they don't actually say exactly what it is, but it's part of Directive AT-14, um, whatever that well, means. Presumably but it's like a civilian operation? I guess or? so, or some sort of... Um, Super secret know. Area 51 operation type yeah. thing? Yeah, um, or collection of I... some sort of materials, yeah. So this is this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I really appreciated the whole 
Uh, oh, I'm just following a uh, military protocol, you know, section 24B. No, mm. didn't you didn't get the memo? This is this isn't military. This you have to follow these other set of protocols. <laughs> they do not get any training. <laughs> exactly. and I only, love that. only in the empire. Yeah, and then they were not happy about having to file more paperwork. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. That was actually very very funny. It's like, oh god, we got to fill out paperwork now. <laughs> Oh. I, just, I love the moment where you're like, should we just not report this and then we don't do paperwork? Like, what's Maybe security of the operation, sure. a couple extra paperwork, you know? Exactly. Um, also, did you notice that it, it, at that point they said that Ezra's stolen armor was designated LS-412? This is episode 412, 412. Oh, ah, production number. I don't know. I did not number. make that connection. Very cool. Good one. It could be nothing. Or it could be something. No, there's, there, it's always something. Uh, it's always, yeah. Um, but the the one of the the really cool things well, that we got in this episode was the return of Ian McDermott himself as the Emperor, mm-hmm. talking first first talking to Minister Hayden, and then later in the second episode. It's so so nice to have Ian McDermott back as the Emperor. He just brings that chilling, you know, gravitas to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely uh, like how he pronounces names. Like when he <laughs> said Kanan Jarrus. <laughs> and I was so used to hearing Kanan Jarrus. <laughs> or just Caleb Doom. Oh, yeah. Well, well, also, also later, and we'll get to that when he's sitting there and just like, you know, Ezra Bridget. And all of a sudden you hear him just go, help me. Like it was like when he had um, uh, Mace Windu and he's looking at Anakin going, help me. It's like yes. that yes. little yes. bit that just snuck in there. Just oh, I missed that. that. Oh, it was great. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Ashoka Tano. I remember yeah. him saying that. <laughs> Ashoka. <laughs> like, wait, what? Okay. They're probably just so like, yeah, we're not that is, Guys, him. okay. Yeah, we got to pull know, back. Obvi- no, I know, Palpatine, I know. <laughs> no, Palpatine, he was attacked. His He was oh. deformed. How You are making fun of his disability. <laughs> this is... He has a little bit of a list because he, you know, got fried into a toad. Like... <laughs> Let's, we should give our we should give the emperor our sympathies. I'm sorry, emperor. <laughs> or he'll reach through a portal across worlds in time, and then you don't know what you don't want to know what happens after. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> wow. uh, but before we get to that, um, yeah, please. <laughs> we get the you know we, we get the uh, so while Sabine is uh, and, and Ezra are trying to get into the temple, uh, Hera and and um, uh, Hera, well, Ezra and Sabine go down and they insist on, they, they overheard the conversation with the Emperor and they insist on uh, figuring out what's inside the Jedi Temple, as we all want to know. Um, and Hera has to go through this like conflict, uh, this, this inner bat- battle with herself where she has to, you know, has to learn to let go of Ezra and Sabine and that just because Kanan died doesn't mean that, you know, they will die as well. Uh, although her her certainty that they they will be safe has been shaken, um, mm-hmm. I, I want to know your th- all of your thoughts though on what happens after that. You know, as, as Hera puts her uh, a hand on her shoulder, and we see someone standing behind her. Force ghost. Was it at? Do, okay, so uh, I, do you think it was actually I, a force ghost of Canaan, or was it a memory? No. I think so. I don't think no, it was. Didn't, think... It didn't sound like a force ghost to me, but looked visually kind of like one. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on the extreme on this one. 
I'm going to say it's a Force Ghost. It probably is the memory because there is a couple callbacks later to the exact same kind of quote-unquote pose that she did. But I would imagine at that point, and I think something that was said in the second episode could lead you to believe that at least in this case, I would imagine it is a Force Ghost. So, but after that, no. It was nice anyway. I thought it was a really, really cool touch. It was, but yeah, it, it, it um, it definitely, I don't know. It was, a little, it was definitely a little odd because he kind of had the the blue shimmering of a of a force ghost, but I, I doubt mm-hmm. he was. It felt more like Harrow was just thinking about calling, yeah, because yeah. he was. I, uh, I, I and I remember someone had made a note of this uh, during the Q and A where they had pointed out that it, he was wearing his older costume, season one, yes. season two. So uh, I, I think it's more of a memory and, and her a very vivid memory for her, and it's something that reminded her of him. Yeah, no, that that's yeah, actually that was... a good point. Calling that out, I, I'd mm-hmm. forgotten about that. Um, he said that. Well, do you remember the exact reason? I was, I'm actually trying to look it up in my notes. No. I actually don't remember at the <laughs> moment, but <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I know I have it in my in my notes somewhere, um, but. Uh, but yeah, he 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 is wearing his season one outfit, and not even a, it's. I think it's even like pre season one because he has some difference. Some different, yeah, he's not wearing uh, the shoulder pads. I think right. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's just it's just that you have um you have written that that he's just a presence for comforting yeah. her. Oh, here we go. So um, so they they chose season one Kanan to comfort Hera. Because it had to be a version of him that wasn't scarred from his actions, all of his deeds and misdeeds. Um, it's technically pre season one, since he doesn't have the shoulder plates, but he is not a force ghost. He's just a presence comforting her. Okay, well, I guess that solves that, that problem. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was hoping for yes. a force ghost. The, the thing I actually really appreciate is there's actually a number of. Uh, scenes throughout both episodes where you see her with her hand on her shoulder like that mm-hmm. again. Yes. Yeah. And each time it just it just hurts. Oh man. Well see that's why that's why I thought the first time around that was the Force Ghost. And then at that point it was like the you know, that was his last opportunity to have any kind of presence with her. And then at that point it's the you know a natural reflex of her to put her shoulder put her hand on her shoulder, feeling him there. Yeah. And then he he can't yeah. he can't be there anymore. And it's interesting. I, I wish Tom. Uh, hmm. I said I wish. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> if you only. Know. Yeah. And uh, Dave Dave's uh, Dave said his wife Anne actually uh, had some input on this episode too. She felt very strongly that Hera should say I used to always believe that instead of I used to always think that uh, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, kind of showing that you know. Interesting. Just a little fun tidbit. So. Yeah. There is one thing that we're kind of leaving out here. Death Trooper showed up again. Yes, I know we're kind of jumping up all over the place, but and we're Mike Death Troopers actually played. Yeah, they were, they they were, and he did it so easily. Where it's just like you know they were going to take them in, and they had to find some way to get themselves to the temple. And with a Death Trooper standing there, it's just easy for those to say, "You will forget this." Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I was so. I was very nervous that was not going to work for them. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the progression because in season one he tries to do it, or season two he tries to do it, and yep. he completely fails. <laughs> yes. And yep. and then again he does it again uh, later on, and he he is somewhat successful, but then he goes a bit overboard with it. Oh right, <laughs> where, I forgot about that. He, yeah, where yeah, he was telling the too. captain to uh, to have everyone evacuate the ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and then and then this time around, he actually does it perfectly. So you know, third time's a charm. Yeah. And it shows nice <laughs> character growth with with Ezra and how he's really learned from from Kanan and and, and his powers have grown over the seasons. Mm-hmm. Just really nice. Yeah. Uh, but where things get really interesting is when they Ezra and Sabine discover that huge painting. Uh, of the the mortis gods on the wall and the the moment when the lights and at the dig site like turn on and you see that painting is just a beautiful beautiful shot Mm -hmm. and we see the father flanked by the daughter and the son and the daughter has one of the convors on her shoulder uh, the same convor that ezra saw on adelon every time ahsoka was nearby and then uh, you have a, a, a bunch of loth wolves surrounding them uh, and they're able to make the connection that the painting is like a, a star map of sorts. And, uh, and that if they modify the painting correctly, they can get into well, what they thought was the Jedi Temple. Um, I have to say the one thing I loved about that whole painting, and it gets the animation of that was outstanding. Oh, yeah. Just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded then, me so much. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say it reminded me so much. Uh, back in the 2D Clone Wars series, there's the great sequence with Anakin and the cave mm-hmm. art, yes. where the cave art kind of comes alive and like yeah. dances on the wall. And this was just it was so much like that. And it's just it was perfect to watch. Yeah, yeah. Just just mesmerizing to see all that. And I really love how they were actually able to tie that tablet into how that tablet was the key to unlock the painting to open the portal. But it and was I love only... that it was Sabine doing mm-hmm. it too. Yeah. Yeah. And but but the funny thing was it was only the first part they were able to unlock of the key to open it. It was a little bit later they figured out and it wasn't it was Sabine, but with the help of somebody else to figure out how to close it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and, and and your point, generally, it's great how Sabine was able to use her knowledge of art to figure out what's going on. Um, you know, she even says like, you know, it's art; everything has meaning. Um, yeah. You know, I, which which I I, I, I really enjoyed. Which, and as but, soon as the painting starts to move, which I agree with you, absolutely fantastic animation. You start gorgeous. to hear, uh, you actually hear the daughter say, "We are the ones who guard the power, the middle, the beginning, and the end." which is a quote from Overlords, the first episode of the Mortis arc. Um, and that's when, you know, the father points the son's fist and then the Lothwolves howl and start walking away, away and the the, uh, the the portal opens. But in rewatching Mortis, I thought it was interesting that the daughter actually calls out they are the middle, the beginning and the end. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Bendu obviously you know, is famous for saying he is the one in the middle. Do you think he's almost like the, I don't know, the middle child or something you mean <laughs> well wait a minute the middle child okay i was gonna say the middle child or or basically he represents a different kind of middle like the father yeah i, I don't know yeah cause it, i don't know i or the i don't think we'll ever get an answer to no i, I don't think so Bendu, yeah but, I, I totally agree um 
but it's still they his. might the, the, and I think the three of them now that I think about it, are probably separate than Bindu yeah it's just I, a different yeah. representation of the force yeah. Yeah. a different force user yeah it's fascinating I, I don't think we'll ever get answers uh, you know complete answers to, to how it all works but I love the mythology that Filoni has has built over the years uh, it's it's really fascinating and I, and I I am especially excited how they're act, they're able to bring back mortis even though mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I in hindsight you know before this episode aired I was like oh we're gonna go back to mortis and then in hindsight I don't think they could have gone back to mortis for multiple reasons one they don't want to go and repeat the same thing over again and, and and going back to mortis would kind of be a repeat as much as cool as it is two if you remember at the end of the mortis trilogy mortis basically falls apart it starts to crumble around mm-hmm. and we don't actually know what mm-hmm. happened to it but it looks like it fell apart right before ezra oh, sorry ezra, uh, obi-wan and anakin and and <laughs> uh and um and ahsoka escape, ahsoka and yeah. they reappear back in the in the regular galaxy so but i guess i hmm. guess at this point Filoni and, and crew would have had to have asked what would be the point of going back to Mortis? Was there another story to tell? Mm-hmm. And it appears in this case, there was not a story to go back to Mortis, but to tie it in with the father, daughter, and was son. So perfect. There's still that way to do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. basically and- Mortis is gone, but at least the piece of Mortis is there and we can tie it into basically what's happening in the, uh, I wouldn't say nether realms, but the to tie it into the actual universe itself. Yeah, yeah like like you kind of said, I was kind of hoping going into this episode that this would be like I wanted to, I wanted to come out of this understanding what Mortis was. Like I wanted an answer to like the Mortis arc from the Clone Wars, and I kind of thought this would be like another way of like you know, hey, they know that the series is ending. We like let's wrap up some of the loose threads we've had from previous like television shows, just like they kind of brought Ahsoka in uh, and into Rebels in the first place, kind of like use that trap up her storyline and things like that. Right. But I, like having watched the episode, I actually kind of like that they didn't, they certainly didn't answer anything about Mortis, mm. but I do feel like they built on top of the mythology and like mm. it's there to be used again in the future someday, which I think I, I, I actually, I look forward to. It's like one of those little running things that Dave Filoni likes to put into his shows. That's just going to be really cool every time it comes up. Mm-hmm. Right. I also like the idea of the god th- them having been on Lothal in some capacity mm-hmm. because they did make a note of saying in the Mortis arc that they used to be in the temporal world before they had to withdraw from there and and relocate to what we now know as Mortis. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I like the idea of them having been in the presence of, of people and and then this mural being something that they built together in a way like something that to praise them because they're essentially gods mm-hmm. but then it's also a, a, a means for them to travel and maybe this is how they managed to find themselves in mortis this is what this was their method of transportation I guess from one location to another. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, it's yeah, just but, my but, speculation. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, but the the specu- the speculation kind of works because this whole time it's trying to figure out what is so important about Lethal. Why is it this the the show started on Lethal, keeps going back to Lethal, and now it looks like it's going to end on Lethal. Mm-hmm. And I think we have at least 
we we had one piece of the puzzle when it came to the tide defender and the empire was using that as basically the the main uh, factory for that that was one piece the second piece right now is mortis what that ties into the quote-unquote universe now is there a third piece we don't know we may find that out in the last episodes but at least it explains two pieces of the puzzle why lethal is so important within this series and the overall you know star wars universe yeah it's exciting and i can't wait to discuss more in more detail in the next episode because uh, that's where things get really crazy this episode was a, a good one a really good one but the next one is where things just go like up to 11 so and, and, and you can kind of start to tell that when you know the the, the base they realize it's hyden re- realizes that sabine's an imposter and so he locks down the base and just before they can capture ezra they have him cornered he jumps through the portal and disappears uh with this fantastic you know ominous choral music from kevin kiner um and i love how the two stormtroopers bounce off against the wall yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like it's like the old Wiley e. Coyote cartoon where the Roadrunner can actually go through a tunnel. Wiley e. Coyote is like, "Huh, oh, maybe yeah. I can do it too," and then he backs up and hits hits the wall because <laughs> really he can't do <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, I love this final tap reference where you said, "Go up to it, Evan." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was. But actually, uh, while while we're talking about the stormtroopers hitting the wall, why do you guys think that they couldn't go through? Oh, well. Here's is it a force? Thing. Like, do you have to be a force user to go through the portal? Do you like? Maybe it's a one-time use, and maybe it's a one-time a force use user. portal. Like, and, and, well, maybe it's a force user, and or it's who, who actually opened the portal. Yeah, that could have been yeah. the other aspect because uh, Ezra was the one who used the force to open the portal. He went through, so naturally he went through. It closed because he opened it. It's true, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and at the beginning of the next episode, when he does go through the portal, you do see briefly like a faint shimmer of yep. stormtroopers behind him before the portal closes. Yep. So, you know, I was originally thinking maybe it's just force users, but I don't know. I think it could be just it closed for him in some way. You got to so, protect that thing. I agree, but I've decided I now want a like YA book about a stormtrooper who like doesn't realize he's force sensitive and he's trying to like chase after Ezra through the portal and like oh. everyone else bumps off it and he kind of goes up to him like his hand slips through and then that's the beginning of his hero's journey. I like that. Wasn't there, wasn't there something like that in the expanded universe? I mean, I'm sure there was somewhere. I think there was got, somewhere. There's was, what, 20 it, years of expanded universe content? Minute, was they, it, I'm sure somewhere. I think I know what it was. Wasn't it the book about the Death Star? The club that was on the Death Star? Uh, I don't know. Oh, know. God. That's gonna bother me. I'm gonna yeah. have to. I gotta <laughs> dig up that book. Anyway, we should get to the. But that's we should, not what we we're should, uh, We should rate, get to our ratings, so we can uh, discuss the big, crazy, crazy episode. Yeah, this one I think is gonna take longer. Oh yes, oh yeah. So, um, Stephen, what would you rate this episode? Oh, I think I'd give this. I think a good eight out of ten. Uh, you know, it was it was a solid episode, but it was obviously just. Yeah, I was. I want to set up the the appetizer before the main course like there was far bigger fish to come uh and this they just did a good job of setting up to begin with uh and since i went first you know obviously on lethal the portal is built by uh loth uh, wolves uh but on tatooine it turns out there's another portal built by womp rats you know oh. like oh jeez you know, womp rats on the walls and then they like all scurry and and instead of a circle, they 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 do a rectangle or a trapezoid. Uh, exactly. Yes. 
They do a they trapezoid. do a trapezoid tom. A womp rat, so that's funny. Uh, well, I mean, it's really it's a quadrilateral. <laughs> it's not quite a perfect trapezoid. Okay. So, uh, Tom, what 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 what's gonna happen to your womp rats? Well, let's see. I think I'm gonna take my womp. Oh, I gotta first off give my rating, don't I? Yes. <laughs> I was I was getting to the good part. Um, well, I you know what I looked at this as the I may have said it. This was the appetizer getting into the next episode. This was the one that's going to whet your appetite to set up. It's the setup episode. So I agree with Steven. I'm giving this an eight. I think it set up the story very well. It pointed it in the right direction. I am going to take my eight womp rats. And you see, my eight womp rats, uh, it wasn't just those two stormtroopers that banged into the wall. You didn't realize that there were eight womp rats running at full speed that kind of didn't see the two stormtroopers hit the wall. And they hit him as well. And boy, were they knocked flat. Okay. So, Let's see. yeah. Uh, well done. Hmm. I think uh, I, if I had to give this, I think I'd give it a, well, I do have to give it a rating. So uh, I, yes, uh, I think I'm going to go with a nine. I love the setup. It was, and I, and I love the whole introduction to the episode. Uh, yeah. Eight and a half, eight and a half. I love the whole introduction to the episode and uh, it, it perfectly sets up what happens in in episode 413 and you know i think like we talked about in the last week i'm really glad they're doing two episodes at a time because they're paired perfectly on mm-hmm. their own they're good uh they're very very enjoyable but when you pair them together it just adds so much more and it really is like a mini movie mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single week mm-hmm. so you know my eight and a half womp rats are um uh there are they're actually um they're randy palpatine's pets <laughs> randy palpatine just sitting at home watching the news home. cannot not believe in what she did today and uh, and then billy ted wow uh, that's, okay that's all i got <laughs> uh anyway yeah uh, just way too funny. What what did you think of this episode I'm going to give it a nine out of ten, only because I, <laughs> um, mainly because I I just really love the way that they set up the whole story and how they're introducing these main concepts that we've been wanting answers to for a while now, especially the the wolves and the door. Yes, you know uh, uh, that having shown up about two years ago on a tops card that Dave Filoni drew and at the time we were like what does this mean <laughs> and now we see yeah <laughs> it's, it's coming it's coming full circle finally <laughs> really Tom full circle <laughs> and as for my nine womp rats I, I don't know I feel like they're they're having a good time just you know doing their arts and crafts <laughs> 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 um, because I'm, I'm an arts and crafts person, so I feel like that's what they're up to right about now. Uh, wow. I know that wasn't a good no, one, that, but that, I... there is nothing. <laughs> no, that that was... Was... We, we, we span yeah, the gamut from just... like silly things to you know absolutely like brutalizing the womp rats, and it really depends on how we feel for the day. So. <laughs> no, yeah. gotcha. I really like this mental image that there's like nine womp rats stacked on top of each other, trying to draw the top of like the father's <laughs> head on the on the wall. <laughs> That's what oh, they did. that's they, priceless. They, they're the ones who drew the uh, the mortis gods on the wall. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're Ooh, very interesting. Great artists. <laughs> interesting. Oh, anyway. Um, 
Well, before we uh, before we dive into the next episode, I want to ask a quick question. Um, it kind of hit me at the beginning of this episode. We haven't seen Rex and Callus and the Ghost since episode five of the season, the occupation. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's a little sad. Right. Do you think? And they have no sad. idea what of what happened. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, they when the ghost crew went to Lethal, they knew that they were going to be on their own, mm-hmm. that the uh, rebels were not going to come. And I think it was even mentioned again, mm-hmm. uh, maybe last episode, that the rebellion on Mothma is not going to send anybody. They are on their yeah. own. And if you look at it this way, look at the cemetery, because that's kind of how it started with this crew of the ghost and it's going to end basically with the crew of the ghost. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I think, I think one of the last shots we we're going to get in the series is Rex, maybe bringing the ghost down to kind of pick up the crew, whoever's left alive, uh, you know, to bring them back to Yavin four and kind mm-hmm. of set off the events of rogue one. Oh, that would be great. Possibly. It makes sense. That they have to keep the ghost off planet right now, but it is a little sad that we, we don't get to see them. Uh, they kind of said their goodbye but, as they were piloting the ship, and we we haven't seen them since. But didn't we in the previews? Didn't we see um, Rex, Wolf, and Gregor in the previews? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess we, I guess so, we'll probably come back. Because yeah. remember, we do have a week from tonight, three more episodes, which will wrap up the season. No, the series. And the oh. last episode, the series. Sorry, and then then supposedly one of the episodes is goodbye. So I'm pretty sure that at some point we will see all these characters again. Well, except who didn't survive. Um, <laughs> like we needed so, that reminder. Tom, Tom. you're saying you, we, you, we will see I'm gonna them be again. Brutal. You believe that? Will, will we see? Words of Ray. Well, no. um, oh. yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> so you're already pitching what the, the, the one quote that was from the next exactly. episode anyway. exactly so yeah okay uh yeah so uh tom what what's tell us all about the next episode then hey you know what we do have another episode coming up it is rebels uh season four episode 13 a world between worlds this was written by dave filoni directed by dave filoni and Stuart lee the episode what or the re- episode revolved around while the other rebels engaged the imperial forces outside the jedi temple ezra gains access inside and experiences a stunning revelation stunning yeah gorgeous <laughs> and i have to say well this go ahead no go ahead the William. beginning of this episode is just amazing beautiful mm-hmm. great sound design what do you think now that i've set it up <laughs> oh. they, they they spent a month on the sound design and getting i'm just kidding i don't know how long they spent i thought it was outstanding just so first of all, we should. What are we gonna call the the place that Ezra goes so to? It, 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 it's it's called I, a world between worlds later, or it's, I think it's more like an analogy though. And another time yeah, they call like, it is beyond. It, they, uh, Hayden says that he's gone. Was it Hayden? Someone says he's gone beyond I think the so. veil. Oh um, yeah, that's so right. So I've been. I, I started to call hmm. it like the veil, but it's not the veil necessarily because he's beyond the veil. So you know, it was almost—it's it's almost like uh, portals. Yeah. Avoid. So I guess, avoid. Yeah. Avoid with portals. Yeah, so I guess. Yeah. But whatever, whatever we're gonna call it, it just the the simplicity of it, mm-hmm. the design of it, 
was just perfect. Oh, the production design like, was And on the one hand, you could see how that design is actually probably a lot cheaper for them uh, to build. And yet it looks so good. It is mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, it's simplistic yet kind of otherworldly uh, with all of the, the, the white mm-hmm. bridges and the portals everywhere um, and you know, a handful of constellations like the Lothwolves. Very cool. I really want to call it Rainbow Road just because it reminds me of... <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it reminds me Not of Mario wrong. Kart and that evil level where you couldn't really get past a certain point because you just fall off the road. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> But it, it was almost, all space-like, just like that. Yeah. It almost reminded me when... when huh, I'm going to pull this one out. When Disney Infinity used to be around, I think there was a level that kind of looked like this in which you had to go from one side to another side battling Imperials. And I cannot remember where it was, but it had that kind of thing to where you started one way, but you had to go. It's weird. I, if somebody out there can post a comment about it, but I swear Hmm. it was somewhere within Disney infinity, the star Wars levels. Interesting. I never, I never played infinity. Um, Hmm. but I, I tried to play. It was a fun game, and the figures are outstanding. Oh, but yeah. It didn't last long. Yeah. What I, I still what have I loved, though, is like, you know, we, when the episode starts, the camera kind of pulls back, and we all of a sudden hear quotes from the entire saga, uh, you know, echoing through this, the, the you know, through the, this world between worlds. And pretty much every Star Wars film and every major character. Mm-hmm is represented uh not just mm-hmm. film even like the television series right uh, i went through and, and actually counted and tried to uh, I don't know, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, i'll tweet this out after so, the episode airs because i don't want to spoil anybody but um they have uh you know all sorts of people in here and not just like just obi-wan but every actor who's played obi-wan mm-hmm. represented i do have so, to say William, no go ahead uh, steven I just, real quick, I just, how long did you spend getting all these quotes? <laughs> a long, just a long time. So, out okay, of curiosity, so it, 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 I, I can read them off if you guys want, or we can just I can just tweet them out afterward. Um, tweet them out. No, after. I, let's. No. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna okay, say read I'll, it I'll off. Read it. Okay. So first, okay, well, wait a minute. Can I can yeah, I say one thing? Can I say yeah. one thing? I I loved the first quote. Oh. I how it started out. I loved that first quote. So and now William. Yeah, so we hear I we hear Yoda saying, "Truly wonderful, the mind of a child is," followed by Obi Wan uh, saying, "What is this place?" From uh, the Clone Wars episodes, uh, the, from the Mortis trilogy in the Clone Wars, followed by Qui Gon, also from the Mortis trilogy, saying, "You know, it's a conduit through which the entire force of the universe flows." And then we get Yoda from Empire, "Luminous beings are we, not this crude manner." Ahsoka talking about how just when you under- think you understand the force, you find out how little you actually know. And we go bounce back to Revenge of the Sith with Yoda telling Anakin to train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Obi-Wan saying, what you need, you already have. Unfortunately, you seem to be letting it all go from from Rebels. And then Kanan also saying that, you know, I won't uh, let him, uh, I won't let him lose his way, not like I did. Uh, And then, and what's great is like, as you're going along, the quotes almost match what's happening mm-hmm. uh, which i'll, I'll right. change in a second but like yeah you know, obi-wan says you know the force will give the jedi's power it's an energy field created by all living things it surrounds us penetrates us binds the galaxy together 
Yoda rejoice for those around you who trans, you know, and then it kind of trails off, so you don't hear you know who, who mm-hmm. transformed to the Force. And then we hear Maz, which is interesting because she's not she's a Force user, but not as much of a Force user. Uh, a little more in the middle, saying, "I see your eyes. You are you already know the truth from the Force Awakens." And then Jin, that's mm-hmm. the most surprising. This one. was, yeah. That's really surprising. Yeah, it is. Which is, I mean, we needed a Rogue I, One quote, but it's in, she's saying, you know, the time to fight is now. But she's the only one on the list, really, who's not a Force user. Well, these are all very uh, important and significant events that happen throughout the saga. Mm-hmm. And significant quotes that define certain moments or characters. And, and I can see why they chose certain ones especially this one for Jen. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and we get totally kylo ren show, saying show me grandfather and i'll finish what you started ray saying oh i yeah. missed kylo he's That's really fantastic. his voice is really low uh and he says it like it's actually split up it's show me mm-hmm. and uh and then you hear um ray saying we'll see each other again and then he goes back and says grandfather and it goes back to ray saying i believe that and then he says i'll finish what you start so it's kind of like interspersed um, hmm. and then we get the father from the Clone Wars. He, it's really hard to hear this one saying, "And now you see," uh, and it gets cut off. But what he says next is, "Who you really are," to Anakin from Mortis. Uh, and then there's one quote that's almost impossible to make out. I'm pretty sure though it's Shmi actually saying, "Now I am complete." Um, and then we go back to the daughter saying, "It's in his nature." Wow. Um. Maz saying the belonging you, you seek is not behind you. You know, it is ahead. Uh, Leia, obviously, with her famous quote, mm-hmm. the Star Wars Desperate Hour, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Yoda saying the shadow of greed, that is. Um, and then as we make it closer to one of the um, a certain portal, you hear Anakin saying to Ahsoka, you never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan, but you might make it as mine. And then, Yeah, I love that yeah. one. And then uh, it's 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 great, and, and we hear some more as well. Um, they're a little bit easier. We hear Kanan uh, a bit later uh, as as he's running over to Kanan's portal. Uh, we hear um, Vader as soon as uh, Ahsoka comes through, and I'll I'll jump back actually back to those in just a minute, because uh, it's more in context of that discussion. But um, so so that took you about half a day. <laughs> yeah. I was listening over and over and over again with the volume wow. at max uh, to try to, to wow. try, I think I got everything uh, let me know if you think I, I, I didn't I'll go ahead and, and, and tweet that out uh, in a little bit um, but yeah it, it's kind of like a clue to what's going on when he approaches Ahsoka's portal we hear Anakin and Ahsoka talking when he approaches Kanan's portal mm-hmm. we hear Kanan um, every time um, you know, he, he's just walking around we see hear like a mix of voices and in the uh, in the Q and A, actually, um, Filoni said that um, uh, the original. Well, actually, Jonah, Jonah, do you, you want to tell everyone what the original theory or the original idea was for um, f- for uh, for well, the world between worlds? I guess it wasn't going to be just sound. We were actually going to see something. I I don't no, that's remember. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's <fine>. <laughs> <laughs> I I were, I, were, I, I have to you be honest think, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> I, and I have to say that I'll, I'll, the, for the majority of the time, I I had to keep my eyes on the time, and even mm-hmm. though I there were some things that stuck out at me, there were other moments when I just really had to yeah. focus on 
making sure that when he was done that I had the next question ready. To, well, I, to, I, to, I apologize to for putting you on the spot then. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. I <laughs> no. wish I had more of a better uh, memory. <laughs> just, that's totally fine. I was taking like, you know, insane notes while you were talking. So, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, in the original, uh, the original concept for the, for the episode, Dave's idea was that you were actually going to see visions through the doorway at each portal. Uh, they weren't just closed. Mm-hmm. You would actually be seeing them, uh, seeing through the portals. And so Ezra would be walking by, and um, you would see, for example, uh, Luke fighting Vader. And Oh, that's right. That yes, that I remember that. So he wouldn't cool. have known <laughs> what it meant. or Because or, or, like, he doesn't know. He knows who Vader is, but he doesn't know who Luke is. So it wouldn't have made any sense to him. But... Yeah, and he, and he would have said something along the lines of, uh, I'm glad I'm not that guy. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> Which I, I you know, loved the idea of, but it, it proved to be too expensive for them to build all of the models. Right. But the sound mm-hmm. is still, the dialogue is still fantastic. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. just thinking about like, oh, it would have been so cool to see all these scenes. You know, there there's one thing in this throughout all your listening and all your listing of quotes and stuff. Not one of those is from Luke Skywalker. You've got Ray. Huh. You've got Kylo. Oh, But none yeah. of those was Luke Skywalker. Interesting. Because you what? had Obi-Wan. You had Obi-Wan many times, but not one Skywalker. Hmm. That's, you heard, you, I didn't you, even think about Anakin. that, Tom. There's, you never get... Yeah. Thank you. you wow. Well, is there, is there a famous Luke quote that we can go to? Something like... But I was going Yoda to Tashi Station to get some pumpkin <laughs> burgers. I mean, no, but... That's, that's the line. Okay. Imagine the line if that showed up. <laughs> no, but if they really needed a line, just breathe would have worked pretty well. That's true. Oh, yes. that's right. So a, a, couple yeah. th- yes. a couple trends I, I noticed... There was nothing from The Last Jedi. Again, unless it's like so quiet in there that it's like mm-hmm. that it's obscured. Because Dave did say, right. um, you know, Bonnie and David Acord love to troll people with all the dialogue, picking dialogue with intense meaning in these episodes. So mm-hmm. I will admit maybe we're overanalyzing this just a little too much, but um, why not? Because it's fun. <laughs> Never. Um, uh, we don't hear anything from The Phantom Menace. And we don't hear anything. Uh, uh, we don't hear no Luke, ball. right? And then um, we don't. Uh, try to think. Mostly they're all force users, with the exception of mm-hmm. uh, Ray, uh, uh, Jin. Um, mostly they're, on you know, they're Jedi or or aligned with the light, with the exception of uh, a couple lines from Ray and and, and Kylo and, uh, mm-hmm. Kylo and, um, uh, and Vader. Um, and then while we hear most actors in, in different versions, so like we get the, um, we get, uh, Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan, we get James Arnold Taylor, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, we get Steven Stanton, Obi-Wan. We actually didn't hear the Ewan McGregor, o- Obi-Wan. Um, Interesting. But for the most part, like they don't have to hit all of them just because I think they picked quotes that were more appropriate. Um, and then tried to get a spread from across the entire saga but i, I just mm-hmm. i loved it. it was so well done you know what i actually think i may have come up with one that they could have used for luke if you're yeah. saying what what they could have at least used luke to darth vader i feel the conflict in you because remember there was that point in which ezra was having the thing back and yeah. forth and the conflict of light and dark 
that could have been an easy one to throw in there for Luke if they were thinking that route. Huh. Yeah, that's true. I still like the power converter. Yeah. <laughs> that <was amazing>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pivotal moment in Luke's life. No. Um, okay. I, I mean, it, it it was to be fair. Yeah. And, and there, yeah. I mean, there's so many questions we have about this. So, you know, uh, I, I we could talk for hours that's about this this world between world, but just um, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, but one more little tidbit before we move on to the, what happens in the episode. Did you guys notice there was one portal that Ezra looks at and kind of slows by, uh, slows as he walks by, uh, but he doesn't actually enter. Did you guys notice anything familiar on that that portal? I didn't no. look at the details. No. No. I completely missed it until uh, uh, someone pointed out after the screening. It has fathiers on the sides and the Canto Bite inspired symbols. That portal leads to Canto Bite. Oh, cool. Wow. Although, we do know from the Legends of Luke Skywalker book that the fathiers, or at least some of them, are imported to that planet. Okay, okay. I think it's Canto Bite. (laughs) But. Oh, come on. It certainly could be. I have on good authority that it's Canto Bite. Uh, but I, I I love the idea. Like, what? Okay, what do you think? How do you think this world works? Because there's portals to different key moments in time. Is it key moments in time? Is it planets? Is it? Well, I think it, I don't know. It's key mo- It's key moments in time because at when he got to the the portal that had Ahsoka battling Vader. He was able to actually go back to where, you know, Twilight of the Apprentice at that point, watch as a spectator. Mm-hmm. And we finally get to see to the point of that fight, how far it got between Vader and Ahsoka. Oh, which I loved. And at the point, yeah, which, which was just totally outstanding. And he had to relive the moments where Ahsoka basically pushed him out of the temple and then Ahsoka battled Vader. And then get to the point to where Vader was almost at the death blow to Ahsoka, where she takes her lightsabers and basically smashes the floor. But at that portal, at that moment, he had the ability, because he was standing behind her, to grab through the portal and pull her out. And at that point, save her life to where, yes, Filoni, you're right, Ahsoka lives. <laughs> I was so okay. excited. My jaw was on the floor. That, I mean, oh, too. that sequence. I, I, was, I was the same way. But, but you see, I think at this point, at that portal... It kind of proves to me later it wasn't the lesson that was being learned, but I think because of the way the portal and how he was at standing and how the shot was, there was no way at the end he could have done what he wanted to do because he didn't have the ability like for Ahsoka to actually pull her out. Kind of see where I'm going because when we're we're going to get there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a long shot. We don't know. The thing that makes this so... We could go so deep on this. Because, like... Oh, absolutely. Obviously, this place is in some way outside of time. Mm -hmm. Uh Like... Right. He reaches across time and pulls Ahsoka in. But on the other hand, like... uh, Like, when he pulls Ahsoka in, like, does that pull her out of, like, her time? And then when she goes back, is she still in, like, past time, now time? What does Vader see when she just, like... Did she just like disappear yeah. in front of his eyes? Is that how the Emperor well, finds but, out about 
the world between worlds i doubt it because he was already coming to lothal before that but i don't know but um but there was a major explosion at that Mm. point and maybe it was at that point he was able to right before it turned her into the force ezra was able to pull her out at that last second because Vader, wasn't he falling through the floor or getting ready to go through True, the floor? True, and he's dark lenses, right. so, you know, it's a little hard to see. Yeah. Well, no, because half it, no, remember, half his face was already, it was <laughs> at the point yeah, where yeah. half his face was already yeah, out. Was, uh, so, but, right. but then again, that eye, that eye could have been blind. You never know. It was yellow. So, I mean, it, it could have gone right yeah. by him. Um, but it, it seemed like at this point, if you go to the Star Trek episode where you actually pull the person <laughs> from the spaceship out something. It, it, it's probably at a point to where he was able to pull her out at that time and then later put her back probably one second or two seconds after the initial well, it had to it had to be more than that because it was after the explosion right right yeah but, uh, i i, so uh, I just cool. but but we're, we're, we're kind of skipping over the the, the huge, yeah we're all over the place huge at this point. moment ahsoka's well, alive yeah, ahsoka lives like yeah. Right. Mind blowing. I was so excited. Like, ah, oh, I, I was just beaming. I was so excited because Filoni said she would come back at Celebration. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was wearing the Soka Lives question mark shirt. Yeah, so sure. Soka Lives yeah. exclamation mark. But we didn't know how it would happen. And this is so perfect. Right. And oh, I remember yeah. when I was sitting uh, in the theater, I and and Ezra's watching all of this happen. I in my in the back of my mind I thought Ezra's going to reach out and change something and and I know people are going to give him flack for it but, <laughs> but I'm so happy that he did and it and he was also being uh, motivated to do it mm-hmm. by Morai the uh, the little the little uh, owl yeah. so like the, there was a purpose of of her needing to come back and mm-hmm. and the the bird wanted him to go through with that action definitely and and we actually find out a bit more about Morai as well once uh, once Ahsoka kind of wakes up um, we we find out that uh, uh, well first we found out the name of the convoy Morai. And Ahsoka says that she's an old friend. Now, interestingly, as soon as she says this, we hear the daughter's voice in the background saying, I'm daughter, or I am daughter, uh, introducing herself from the Mortis trilogy, uh, which I miss that. Which I think only further cements that she is the daughter. And then, you know, later in the episode, Mr. Hayden and Sabine, uh, looking at the painting, kind of deduce that Morai must be the servant of the daughter, or possibly the daughter herself, when acting as a spirit guide. Um, okay, can, right. okay. Since 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 you brought that yeah. up, I do have one thing. Did you guys notice when Sabine sat there and said, "Oh, I've seen that bird before. It's been whenever Ahsoka's around." And I looked at her shoulder paladin. Did her shoulder paladin have that that design of the bird on it? It did, but I wasn't sure whether it was reflecting Ahsoka's uh, mm. specific bird or whether it was just a regular conver. But my thing was, my thing was, I think it, Sabine said she's never seen one of those before, yet it was right there on her sleeve. <laughs> think about it. I, maybe she was just playing it off and you know hoping he true. wouldn't notice. No, you know what? You got a good point. Totally good point. True, I take that true. back. Sorry. But uh, the name yeah. Morai comes from Greek mythology. And I went and looked it up, and um, ah. according to Wikipedia, the Morai control, because I'm not a 
expert on Greek mythology. The more I controlled the mother thread of life of every mortal from birth to death, they were independent at the helm of necessity, directed fate, and watched that the fate assigned to every being by eternal laws might take its course without obstruction. And the gods and men had to submit to them. Which is very interesting and kind of sounds like, kind of does sound uh-huh. like, you know, um, someone who, or, or something that's, I don't know, separate from the, the Mortis gods and yet the same. Uh, and kind of helping to direct mm. things. Which is kind of what Moriah has, was doing. Because, you know, she was even encouraging Ezra to, to, to pull Ahsoka through. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish and I wish Morai could have been around during the Mortis arc because we didn't really see a glimpse of her anywhere. No. So it, it looks like the owl thing came into development later on mm-hmm. with Rebels. Although in Mortis, we do see like the sun transforms into the bat-like creature and then... Uh, he That's even right. takes like the form yeah. of Shmi at one point. He takes the form of uh, this little monkey dog creature that tries to tempt Ahsoka. Uh, so you can see they can change mm-hmm. form. Um, and so I, I, I fully believe that you know Morai could change into the 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 large eagle like bird that we see in Mortis, or the smaller Convor in this one, uh, or True. the daughter could turn it. So I don't know. Very or, possible. Or it's like a you know, or 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 Morai is a um, a servant of the daughter. But either way, um, very 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 interesting. And it also confirms mm-hmm. um, that uh, Ahsoka confirms that uh, that most likely Kanan is Do- the Lothwolf named Doom. Uh, she says that you know Kanan's yep. part of the living force now, and there are ways that those who have passed on can influence the living. No, but she doesn't. Does she say living force? I thought she said cosmic force. Oh, yeah, I think she right. did say Sorry. cosmic. Yeah, because that was that was one of the things I was like, oh, I'm not like. This is one of those weird things where like it could just be a legends thing where this idea of like living force versus unifying force was actually an important difference, or it could force. just be unifying, living, cosmic. You know, they're all yeah, that's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, whatever it is, you know this 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 place is, you know, is definitely a pathway between all time and space. So, um, and, and here's, what's interesting. Haydn actually says, you know, he, who controls it controls the entire universe. Yeah. And that's why Palpatine wants it. Universe breaking. What do you guys think? Jen Marie? (sighs) Yeah, I think it could definitely, uh, (laughs) cause havoc and, he can just do anything that he wants to do in order to gain advantage over any situation. Uh, eliminate Luke, eliminate his enemies. Um, oh gosh, it's unlimited, unlimited <laughs> power, and that's what he wants. That's true. <laughs> and like conversely, yes, yeah, it could be used in theory to save anyone. Could Han Solo come back? Could you know uh, Luke or? Um, you know, really anyone, right? That's true, but that would have to be a would. purpose behind it. You can't do it for yeah. for, for fun. At- <laughs> well, you could. I'm just sure it wouldn't end very well for That's most true. of the people involved. Well, especially if Palpatine had his way. Right. There is no way. Well, and there's like, you know, the interesting question is if let's say Ezra did pull Canyon through, 
does that mean that he would have died? Yeah. Or that Hera would have died? Like... I can see him disappearing, but then that would kind of undo it because he was the one who opened up the portal in the mm. first place. Or is that a, does that make it a different timeline? <laughs> An alternate oh, universe. Oh, God, don't go timeline. <laughs> Ezra looks down at his lines. hand and it starts to no. disappear, like back to the future. Disappear. <laughs> yeah. He looks at the well, photo actually, of everyone no, that Chuck goes. Berry shows up, I'm going to have Sabine issue. starts to disappear. Here's my... <laughs> oh, gosh. God. Here's my other crazy okay. theory which is uh when ezra pulls ahsoka through there isn't anything left of her on the other side obviously right and in this world between worlds we're hearing voices of jedi's past present and future uh i wonder if this is where force ghosts come from as it mm. were and like what if Obi-Wan, when he disappears and, it, you know, loses his physical being, mm-hmm. what if that's someone grabbing him and pulling him through the portal? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know the tablet that they had in the episode was only a part, a portion of the tablet because then they have the full concept art on the website on StarWars.com. Mm-hmm. And in the in that full tablet, you can see on one side is the Mortis Gods, on the other side, I think... It was the wolves, and then in the other corner, I think it was the wolves, and the other corner is the Force Priestesses. So the Force Priestesses were part of this whole um, Force, depiction of the Force. And so I feel like Interesting. the Force Priestesses are the ones, the only ones that can determine who is a Force ghost. Hmm. Um, I, I, I made sure to go back and watch that arc because I was very curious as to how someone can become a Force ghost. So it's not just the training and the studying and the meditating that's involved, but it's also a matter of being chosen. Are you mm-hmm. worthy of becoming a force ghost? Not just anyone can become a force ghost. And so I wonder then if like, so Anakin becomes a force ghost, but Anakin, we also, I think feel pretty confidently that he did not have any of that training. No, which then would go to the whole which, being chosen by the Force Priestesses part. Right. And so maybe maybe it's not uh, someone pulling some, them into that world. But, like, what if it is, uh, you know, the Force Priestesses who pull them through? Although we didn't see them, obviously, in, inside of this world. Okay. Now you've got me. <laughs> now I, I got to think too There's much so about it. There's so many possibilities. <laughs> uh, but then, just, but then again, it gets back. Okay. But then again, it gets back to Kanan. Was he a Force ghost? Was he, you know, just a memory of Hera? That's yeah. why I said there's a possibility I, he was a force well, ghost. No, at I, that I mean, point. like, when he flat out said, I think he was a, you know, he, he was a, a, a memory. But, but Filoni, in all his, I'm going to say this is all, all the love, twisted ways, <laughs> makes us experience Kanan's <laughs> yeah. death a second time in this episode. Uh-huh. This time, <laughs> you know, through the portal. And when we saw uh, Ahsoka. I was so excited because, you know, Twilight of the Apprentice is, is, is hands down my favorite episode of the series um, ever. Great episode. The best episode of the Rebels. Um, and, and one of the best Star Wars episodes just in general, right? Star Wars stories. And you get to see the same fight from the opposite side. They do make us do this again with Kanan. Mm-hmm. And it's just a knife to the heart. And, but And this time, right. Ezra oh, yeah. realizes he can't save Kanan. He wants to desperately. But Ahsoka tells him, you know, if he does it, they all die. And, and, and that's what his, you know, his one less lesson is, isn't it? it, it and I, yeah. And I found ahead, that Marie. to be amazing because 
in that moment, I felt just as desperate mm-hmm. as Ezra. I was like, oh, my God, this means that you can save Kanan. Go, go save Kanan. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, I... As- uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Oh no, I, I I just really like the lesson behind it. You know, Anakin couldn't let go, and that was the problem. He couldn't uh, let his attachments mm-hmm. go, and then and then you have Ezra, who is who's sort of going down that same path, but then he has Ahsoka. Ahsoka's purpose in that moment is to remind him of what that lesson is, mm-hmm. and and then he learns to let go. He learns that he can't save his master at this moment. And it's just it's just beautifully done, and I, mm. I, I I just love that Ezra learned that in this moment. See, I I totally agree with that point, but I look at it as he was at the wrong angle when it came to Ahsoka. He was behind Ahsoka. In this case, he was to the side, to where there was no way he could have gone through any of that fire to even grab. I hate to say it, I don't think it would have mattered to pull him out, right? Because it doesn't matter. Oh no, the angle I, t- I totally agree. Because even if he'd been like right next to Kanan. Kanan wouldn't have stopped that oh, yeah. fireball. It would have hit everyone else in the ship. No. They'd all be dead. They'd, you know, be even in even worse trouble. Oh, and, and totally agree. And and I think I think what this set up, I think it set up two things. Because it's it's a lesson, okay? Even Ezra at the end of the end of the episode says, one last lesson. Okay. And even uh, Ahsoka at this point stressed you know it, it, it's a lesson okay and i think at this point um ahsoka gave her last lesson to ezra she's alive but i don't think at this point we will see ahsoka again no. because oh, her no. last lesson yeah her last yeah. lesson was to tell uh ezra to let go she fulfilled her purpose now she's alive but she's in that temple for eternity yeah done well, i wouldn't say eternity but no. I mean, well certainly you know, but, for right certainly for the duration of rebels i think the big thing that i think ezra is actually taking away from what he's seeing is that uh it's not just to let go but it's that kanan chose to sacrifice himself for a reason right and i think the thing the other big lesson is that you know choose what you're like choose what you're going to accomplish in life right and i you know, and I think Ezra even says this, like, part of what he, the stress that's been on him is that he is, as far as he knows, like, one of the last people who's been trained as a Jedi. And he feels the weight of all this on top of him. And I think what he comes out of this experience learning is that none of that matters. He's decided that the thing he cares about is Lothal. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's what he's going to set his mind to, is saving Lothal. Yeah. Maybe at the expense of his own life. See, that, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking because it's that one last lesson. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. So he- And if that's the case, I'm going to uh. have to check myself into a hospital now <laughs> because I don't know if I can handle well, that. But, but I, I, I'm the one that's now, and however you tell a story, you can work your way around it. But I'm looking long-term in this respect to where in, in, in the, the long aspect of Star Wars, Ezra at a certain point doesn't exist. Because we don't hear anything at a certain point about Kanan Doom. Uh, I mean, K- yeah, Kanan mm-hmm. or Ezra. It's their story is here within Rebels. Unless there is another story following this that will continue that. But we've already seen a story, quote unquote, set up after 
uh, Last Jedi with the mm-hmm. kids on Canto Bight. So at some point, that story is going to continue. But I think Ezra, at this point, his one last lesson is what he learned from Kanan. And I think his story within these next three episodes is done. Yeah. I, well, so, yeah, I used to think Ezra was gonna was going to die. And, and, and you know, his lesson, you know, give, you know, give yourself, um, uh, you know, f- find your moment and, and do what you have to do. And if, if even that means sacrificing yourself um, is... is is a very you know very good one. I thought he was going to die at the end of the series mm. because he's not in you know like why why would he just give up on the on the rebels or why would he go into hiding or something? You you could right. make it work. Well, you could make it work, but I can, yeah, you can you can you work could. around it. There's there's ways to work but, it. Uh, after the yeah. screening, uh, I was talking with um, uh, with Aaron actually, Aaron, a friend of the Aaron, Aaron Goins, and he he, um, he he had an interesting theory. What if, what if Ezra goes back into, goes back beyond the veil and at the end of the series and ends up in a different time and place? And the series ends with him being somewhere else in the galaxy, still alive, but not in our timeline anymore. Okay, then he has to find the other part yeah. of the portal. Yeah. So you look at it this way. If, if, You've got Lothala's one part. Is it Malachor that's got the other part or another planet that's got the other part for him to open that door to go into the world between worlds? And that has to happen within the next three episodes. Well, I don't think he has to die right now (laughs) in the next three episodes. I mean, that whole Luke thing between him and Yoda doesn't happen until Return of the Jedi. That's true. So so there's plenty of time for him to be around. And I can see him not being part of the Rebellion, especially after Mon Mothma denied any resources to Lothal. So I can Mm -hmm. see him not wanting to be part of an initiative that didn't want to help his planet in the first place. Uh, and him taking on his own methods of, of saving people across the galaxy or, or what have you. But, yeah, I, I can definitely see him surviving, um, but still uh, implementing the lessons that's, that he's learned in, in mm. this episode. Yeah. I'm going to take the darker tone tone because I, I when I watch that. Well, because when I watched it and I saw that, I'm like, when he says the one last lesson, that that to me is. That, that's what I saw, and and that's what I see because I I saw Ahsoka doing the ex- the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or the one last lesson is he removes himself from it completely and he goes into, you know, uh, exile somewhere. After he fulfills whatever he's supposed to fil- fulfill his one last lesson, then he goes into exile. Yeah, I can see that too. Grows a beard, yeah. gets a little grumpy. The typical Jedi stuff. Right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> Drinking milk from weird exactly. creatures. Yeah. With a smile uh, on your face. Yeah. Um, totally so, normal. As if things weren't crazy enough, they all of a sudden get crazier. Really? Right. When all of a sudden, behind them, you know, this the the portal starts to open again, and the emperor himself is sitting there on the mm. other side doing some sort of force thing with some blue fire. And that's what it's like. I've never seen the emperor so creepy. Like 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that whole thing, especially, Didn't... especially when he was able to at that one point reach through the portal, just with his hand and that little bit of sleeve. That was, yeah, freaking cool. And it, and you know, it starts to chase him because like it, it looks to me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. It looks to me like the emperor is stuck on the other side and he can, he can see through the portal, but he can't get through it mm. unless Ahsoka or Ahsoka or Ezra brings him through. And that's why he reaches the, the force fire, blue force fire, whatever it is through the portal. He can get mm. that through and use it to like latch onto Ezra and pull himself in like a rope, but he can't go in otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. That there's about right. Yeah. There's something that prevents him from entering a sith maybe being being so embedded in the dark oh, side it's like a because it, it looked like he was sizzling like his hand couldn't even like when like a vampire stepping out into the sun or oh, something yeah. <laughs> like he couldn't handle it and and, and to your okay, point well, when the when the flames are going after them it actually burns up the pathway if you look carefully the pathway like starts to fizzle out behind oh them. i didn't notice interesting. that interesting yeah maybe maybe he like yeah hmm. well here's Here's an interesting thing to throw out. Okay, so Ezra, th- think about the key in reverse this way. Ezra, because he was part of the light side, used the daughter to open the portal. Okay, and naturally on the light side of it, you use the dark to close it. But let's say if the key went into Palpatine's hand, it would end up being the opposite because mm-hmm. it would be he would use the sun on his end to open the portal. He just didn't know that was that was the case or whatever key, and then it would be the daughter to close Interesting. it. Interesting, because the because the the sun was the dark side, that would be the way for him to get in. Uh, I don't know. I always I, I I for some reason I if Wacky there is idea. a mural in another location I I feel like the sun just ultimately closes it in that location. Well, I I think I think regardless the mural. Is going to be the same wherever it is. Wherever it, it is, right? Yeah, wherever yeah. it is. But it's who goes to open it. If it is a Sith, the the person to open it would be the son. Mm. If it is a Jedi, it would be the daughter. Huh. Interesting. Well, I like the I like the theory. Well, we 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 know uh, if you listen carefully, it sounds like the entire time the Emperor was manipulating Ezra. Um. Mm-hmm. Almost like, I almost get the impression that it's kind of like the portals. There's definitely portals there, but I almost wonder, maybe answering the question we posed earlier, if the portals only appear if you want them to appear. Like, he was seeking, well, something was leading him toward Ahsoka, and that's why hers is there. And he was seeking Kanan, and then he found Kanan. Um, maybe he was thinking about canto bite in some way or not specifically that but i don't know maybe there's like some sort of thing where what you think affects which doorways that's the portal that appears because um Hmm. if you listen really carefully whenever uh, and fully mentions in the in the screening every time ezra makes a certain statement you hear a thunderclap which means something or someone is listening and that someone Mm -hmm. is the emperor pulling ezra toward him with what would tempt him most uh, and so it sounds like the Emperor is almost trying to manipulate Ezra into thinking certain things so that he can open up mm. the portal and then latch onto him and pull through. Interesting. I don't know if that's correct or not, but just fascinating. 
There's so much hmm. to dig into on this. I like that yeah. it's sort of like the room of requirement from Harry Potter where you, you, you imagine it and it magically yeah. appears. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great analogy. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. But uh, Ezra and Ahsoka end up having to split up, right, because the, the blue fire is chasing them. And Ahsoka does promise to find Ezra once she makes it back. Uh, but mm-hmm. Filoni later said that, um, you know, they are, um, the, while he isn't done with Ahsoka's story, she is done in the series for Rebels. For Rebels, so yeah. this right. is the last time we see her. Um, but the way in which they handle it is just so perfect. And it's going to be so difficult for her because she's going back to a point in time where Kanan and Ezra are mm-hmm. still alive. Oh, well, well Kanan is still wow. alive. Wow. So Do she we know has that, to, though? I, I, I would think so because when it, it connects to the final moments of Twilight of the Apprentice where we see her walking into the, uh, the temple. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like at this point in time, you know, Ezra and Kanan in this timeline – they're about to land on Chopper Base. And so she's going to have to wait for a specific point in time in order to find Ezra. Because if she finds them, she can't warn them about what's going to happen. Yeah. She's let's say let's say she stays on the planet she stays on Malachor for about what? Two to three years after she goes back. That way there's enough time that passes. She already knows yeah, there's enough time that passes to where Either one is gone and one's still there, or they're both gone. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, that would have See, to be the thing. That's why she's going that, back into the temple. That's right. my other crazy theory, though, is what if the time between in Twilight of the Apprentice, I think we see Vi- uh, Maul escape the planet, and the next shot is, uh, I think, on uh, Chopper Base, and then we go back to uh, Malachor and see the end. What if... Between those cuts, when Ahsoka goes back, what if that is now two years later? That, because where they're at, technically time at that point there, is very fluid. Yeah, like, yeah. There, is no, there is no time there. Yeah. Or at least they're outside of time. Yep. That's true. And there's no, yeah. there, just, there's no indication that the like just, the Apprentice takes place when it does. It could just be something that happens later. I don't know. Right. It would it would be really crazy, and I have no reason to believe it's the case. But I also have no reason right. to believe it's not the case. But it make it makes sense because maybe it's because when you leave that portal, it's putting you back at a specific time. Knowing that when she goes through that portal, it specifically put her back two years into the future. Whereas Ezra, at that point, he had to go back a couple seconds after he enter the portal. He's back a couple seconds later. Because well, time in there could stand still. Well, but but still, I, I I'm using that as like an analogy or just whatever. I mean, gotcha. he's been gone for a while, but he still goes back to that same point in time, 10, 15 minutes later. It doesn't put him two years in advance, yeah. but just for the portal and for argument's sake, for Ahsoka, she goes through that portal. It specifically huh. shoots her two years ahead. Fascinating. Or it could be decades ahead. We actually don't know. Oh, yeah, when she so gets many. returns. Yeah, it could be. You. you Oh. Yeah, and that's when and that's when we get the trailer episode nine. <laughs> Soka returns. <laughs> oh, 
Sign me up. And then I'll, she gets, I'll, you, you I'll get a shot of Ray. She's just like, I need a master. You need a teacher. Teach oh oh my god, like, that would be a opens dream. Opens the door. Fandom would explode. <laughs> wow. Um, as if fandom isn't already exploding tonight with the return of Ahsoka. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I got and I gotta love. Filoni though he's like yeah the story takes place with Malachor at the end so you're really not any further than a story you're not any further than you were before with Ahsoka's story you just know that she is how she escaped right it, it's it's so the way they did it was just so perfect um you know and Duck excellent Tales writing, writing on this one excellent Apprentice. writing I, just, I love it I love it yeah you know, we're, we're talking a whole lot about this world between worlds, but we're literally forgetting about the other thing that's happening on the, the outside world. when it comes to Sabine, Hera, Zeb, and Chopper. Yes. Because a lot of stuff happened outside of the temple. And that was a fascinating thing. And I, I will tell you honestly, when it came to Sabine and, and uh, uh, Hayden, the one thing I loved, I loved when he called her Lady Ren. Mm. Do not ask me why. But when he, uh, well, was, I know why because it was, I, it was a nice sign of class. Yes, he's not your average imperial you know, imperial bureaucrat, right? Who sits there and tortures people. Right. I mean, he does torture people, right? But it's well, not then, about the torture. He 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 has the uh, death troopers actually bring in the torture. But I, I totally love that agree. Line I just too not not I only just loved how Ren, but you know yeah. I'm no fool, fool, Lady Ren. So don't mistake my pleasant demeanor for weakness. He's just like I love it. I love the character. Oh, of, absolutely, uh, Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, this is trademark the Ion Cannon podcast started by William. Um, so, so Tom, you're saying you want the trademark on the word yeah, exactly, Palpatine? Yeah. Good luck. No, I mean Randy, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but the the whole thing, anyway. like, just the fact that uh minister hayden is is sitting there and he's got his he's very civil he's got his you know offers to be in his some tea and they're talking about art and how he's you know he's a more of a critic than an art than an artist and it's uh a very different kind of villain um even as much as thrawn mm-hmm. is all about art um this is a very different yes. kind of guy and i don't know it, it would have been interesting to see thrawn in this situation because because of how much it dealt with art no, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so because Hayden actually brought up a very good point. He goes, even Thrawn has some of your artwork. Mm. So I, I don't think in this case, I think with this character, it would be interesting to see the dynamics of um, Sabine with Thrawn. But I think with this character, the dynamic was a lot of fun to watch because he was like, you know, as an artist, I would thought you'd appreciate looking at this and maybe the two of us together can can figure this out and she's like i don't know i'm smarter than you i loved her snark. and she said that a couple times which was actually the way she said it was so that the second time she's like you forget i'm smarter than you yeah so i just yeah, I it, loved it really it. gave us uh, sabine a chance to show uh how much knowledge of art she has as well even though she didn't really want to help him eventually she kind of uh she's kind of forced into it um she didn't have much of a choice, unfortunately. Yeah, but but she also she also did it in a way where it was like it was bits and pieces. It wasn't just full on. Here's right. everything. She didn't actually help him. Right. She probably learned more than he did. Right. Um, and you know we find out that uh, Minister Hayden found the first image of the Mortis gods in the Jedi Temple in Coruscant, uh, which is interesting because in Clone Wars there's a comment about how they've been all but forgotten by everyone 
mm. except for a handful of Jedi. But maybe it's, you know, I'm sure that's somewhere in the archives. They just forgotten they haven't looked through that book. Or maybe it was just kept as a secret because it's not something that ev- everyone mm-hmm. should know about, especially given the amount of power that someone yeah. could so be tempted you- to have. Because wasn't saying, there the, like the inner room of like super secret stuff in uh, at the Jedi Temple? Oh yeah, like the holocron room. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just want to be clear. You're saying this isn't a story the Jedi would tell you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sith legend, exactly. Yeah, uh, interesting. Very nice. Good one, very nice, Stephen. Um, and he also talks about how you know they talk about how their archetypes that appear throughout the Jedi's recorded history, and that. Uh, uh, they're, but they're not always referred to as the father, the son, and the daughter, which kind of gives the sh- them a little more wiggle room as mm-hmm. well if they want to introduce other archetypes like Bendu or whatever. Um, it's absolutely, I don't know, it's really cool. I, I, I love the, the dynamic with Haydn and, and Sabine. Yeah. Um, I I loved the scene where, uh, you know, Zeb and K- I was about to say Zeb and Kanan. Uh, Zeb and uh, Hera, you know, sneak in. They have that moment where they realize, ah, it's a mobile command center. And they just start tilting the entire thing up. Mm -hmm. It's just a really cool shot. Mm -hmm. Well, before that, it was funny because it's like, get ready to tell Sabine. and, And it's like, what is it? She goes, it's a language I'm not familiar with. And all of a sudden you hear knocking. And she goes, now that's a language I understand. Yes, and, and speaking of which, did you notice anything familiar about the wrapping on the door? Oh God, no! On the metal wall, that's the Star Wars main theme. Zeb did da 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 da. Really? Oh no way! Yeah, go back and listen to it again. It's the Star Wars main theme. No way! Yeah. Every I I was listening for it and I still missed it a couple times and then I I, I finally yeah I, I, we watched it again yeah it's the Star Wars main theme totally <laughs> went over cool. my head totally. they were just having so much fun in the sound design department in this episode oh yeah it's, it's fantastic perfect. job yeah but the no that that the the command center tipping over is just perfect and and Sabine like as she's falling down as it's like tipping on its on its side mm-hmm. uh like kicking the stormtroopers oh just oh so did, well didn't done. she take out one of the death troopers with his rifle just the butt end of it yeah. just knocked it out oh, just done very cool very cool and then i, I I've, I've watched the episode like four times now i've watched it a couple times and i cringe every time uh that mo the command center like almost falls on yeah. top of them as they're running away i'm like yeah oh, oh. <laughs> you know <laughs> it's uh it's bad. It's like just so in, close. In, in a great way, but like you know, I was like, oh, they just barely missed that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and it's yes. funny because when they're running toward the portal, it's like I think it was was Sabine just like we had to get Ezra. It's like no, he's coming. It's like they had faith that he was actually going to meet them because they were heading toward the portal. Mm. That's true, and they actually yeah. didn't know. Like yeah, they didn't had to hold off for hours. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and of course chopper chopper has a great idea and steals that drilling machine right (laughs) it was such a bb8 thing for him to do with that i think it was an atst i don't even remember what it was in in the last jedi Jedi. yep (laughs) yeah we're continuing the trend that uh it is not good to be a stormtrooper in the last couple episodes of an animated series no (laughs) (laughs) that thing had some sharp blades on it too like I know we didn't see 
it directly, but if I was, you know, I'm sure Chopper just like plowed through some of those guys. <laughs> oh, Chop. Not good. Ouch. Yeah. Oh, Chop for, for sure. Um, but, you know, going back to the, um, like the Indiana Jones like reference, you know, Ezra jumps back through that portal. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he activates the sun, the whole painting begins to fall apart. Everything that comes back together, the son and the daughter then like fall into the ground. The father claps his hands together and creates this giant explosion. And that shot of like minister Hayden standing at the edge of the pit yep. falling in while like the shadow, yep. his shadow yeah. is like being projected. By, oh, beautiful. One of my favorite shots. Again, yeah. that whole, uh, that whole painting, just the animation of that whole painting with them just falling into the ground. Just yeah. Beautiful. And it felt kind of like mm-hmm. the opening of the Ark of the Covenant or something with the yep. bright light and Hayden being consumed by it as he falls into the pit. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely beautiful. And I, what I found funny is as they're driving away and they're going, what, it was over the ledge? It's almost like as it's going over the ledge, it's, that drilling thing almost fell over the edge because it was yeah. so <laughs> narrow, but he was able to pull it out and continue forward. It felt like, like every time I drive a vehicle in a in a, in a video game, but especially um, the uh, – do you remember the Clone Wars game on, like, uh, yes. GameCube yes. way back in the day? Yep. There were mm-hmm. a couple of those maps where you drive the – what was the name of the vehicle? The Hover Tank. Really, the no, Hover Tank, no, right. No, well, the, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know and what and, and there about. was that one Geonosis map where you yes. would, like, drive along the cliff side. There's, like, these little ramps going up, and you yep. drive along the side of the cliff. And I always felt like you are like, you know, two-thirds falling off the side. Yeah. And you were like – running into the wall just so you could stay on the little ledge yep. that's exactly what i felt like in this episode thank you for bringing back the memories i totally remember that oh that was a good game yeah, that was a great game i'm so curious as to because that whole area was was a ditch there was just there was mm-hmm. a excavation everywhere and once everything is done and said is said and done there's there's nothing it's just like it how it was before only without the temple there there, there was just no sign of excavation anywhere. Yeah, like, thank you for bringing that up because I was very confused by that in, in, in some ways, but the shot was just gorgeous, like mm-hmm. beautiful animation. It's actually my desktop background right now because it was so nice looking. <laughs> uh, the nothingness. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. Did, did it all, like, fall in? Did it, like, just carve out an even bigger pit? Because we don't know how far the rebels had to go, because they just barely outran that, the, the light, mm-hmm. uh, the explosion, um, with great music. By the way, I love how you know the Ezra kind of falls unconscious and they're they're driving with the with Kevin Kiner's music. Ah, it was good. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Thoughts? It's the force. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's the force. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a force thing. <laughs> because no, you know what? I can sum it up. I can sum it up the best way. Zeb had the best line. If this is what you and Kanan use to do your Jedi missions, oh wait a minute, I'm gonna try it again. If this is what you and Kanan used to do your Jedi missions, you can keep it or whatever. I mean, it's just like you know what? Zeb's just the realist. Oh. You guys be the Jedi. Just just do whatever and walk away. Oh, that was a perfect, perfect line. Because yeah, that is the first time they've really seen all the insanity. And, he, mm-hmm. and Zeb didn't even see the crazy part. Let's, no. Let's be real. Oh, no. All he saw, all Zeb saw was Ezra <laughs> jump into a rock portal 
come back out and then the entire place like fall down and explode which is yeah. a lot but that's still pretty crazy yeah that's crazy <laughs> compared to like ahsoka being revived and then like the emperor trying to come through a portal and kill ezra and you know almost saving kanan again and like mm-hmm. this world world weird world where you could see the future and the past and like zeb didn't see any of that <laughs> you can keep it yeah, you <laughs> he keep already it. thought it was crazy <laughs> Yeah, but it is it is uh, a nice touch at the end where they were they were able to wrap up Kanan's story at this point. Yeah, yeah, because you had it, it, you had Ezra able to say goodbye, yeah. but you know you also had it to where um, you know Hera finally came to the realization mm-hmm. that Kanan is gone. Yep. Yeah, but we get one last shot of of doom standing off in the distance and you know he, he looks at Kanan Kanan looks at him, uh, Kanan. he looks at Ezra and Ezra looks looks back at Doom and you know Ezra was it Doom though because it was the that's white what I was gonna ask it wasn't yeah. Doom I thought it was the Are white you sure? local because Ezra says goodbye Kanan I, I was I, I know to yeah. but it was the white, white it was the white it was the white the, I was gonna say oh. the white yeah see I started to double check and then Ezra said goodbye Kanan so I'm like mm-hmm. oh it's got to be Doom I think it was no. just a general so goodbye yeah okay yeah because I my the way I imagine is that the Lothwolves wanted Ezra to close the portal and thus like prevent the Empire Empire from taking advantage of the thing that they are supposed to protect. Right. And so I think Ezra was saying goodbye because he knows Kanan was expressing himself through the Lothwolves, and the Lothwolves, as far as he knows, have finished their purpose. Like they no longer have any reason to help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And as a as I say at the beginning of the last episode, the 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 wolves are they're on Loth they're on Lothal's side. They're not on on the rebel side. They're just right. on the rebel side because it happens to align with Lothal's best interests. Yep. Right. So definitely don't expect them in the last couple of episodes to help. Nope. <laughs> no. I, we I, saved I, the planet. We're out. Goodbye. Yeah, we're done. Now we you're on your own. We could see some Loth cats coming up. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't gonna see no more wolves. So, uh, so what about this question and answer thing that you guys were able to go through? Anything, any other nuggets you guys can tell us from this? Yeah, and uh, if you want to, uh, um, uh, generally, we can kind of tag team this. I've got, I've got all the notes from the Q and A at the bottom. Um, but uh, Filoni said that these four episodes are, are make a big movement of the story. They, they're they're very connected, right? They they were able to show them on two different days mm-hmm. uh, on TV, but they're really mm-hmm. one big movement. And the next three are, are another movement. And, and with this, Kanan's piece is now done. And it's the last time Freddie Prince Jr. will ever be on the show. Which is sad yeah. because, yeah. you know, the last couple of episodes are called Family Reunion. So I kind of hoped that there'd be something there. Yeah. Maybe Floyd's um, just trolling with us. Maybe. <laughs> um, it's a forest ghost. He's off in the distance sitting there with, you know, Anakin and, you know, just watching yes no wait a minute that was jedi where you had anakin and obi-wan and yoda so yeah kanan will be there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. off you know off to the side force ghost jedi robe <laughs> and and then there was also that tidbit about yoda warning luke about seeing a vision of mm-hmm. his friends being in danger and acting on it and he doesn't believe in his friends and almost endangers everyone, everything in the process. So the emperor wants to be able to control that and control everything. Yes. It's kind of, it kind of compares and contrasts that in a very interesting way. 
Um, and uh, Filoni also said, you know, along those lines, you know, that uh, just because just because Yoda says there weren't, you know, any Jedi left doesn't mean the show has to go do that. They're they're right. kind of free to go do their own thing in some ways, um, while while still being respectful of what's come before. You know, they can they can mm-hmm. always figure out workarounds and that sort of thing. But you know, as soon as those convoys, the owls started showing up, and he started putting them in there, he knew Mortis was going to have to play a part. Mm-hmm. A part. And, yeah. and he thought, you know, the the, the characters are so compelling, and, and he likes the idea of you know these older histories, and he wanted to be able to use the ones that George dreamt up, instead instead of you know coming up with new ones. Um, and they kind of let the show get more more weird in a in a good way. So that's why they they knew, you know, they. Uh, he wanted to go back, but they definitely didn't have it planned coming back to mm-hmm. Mortis. It was, that was not part of the original plan at all. I don't think that would have made sense to go back to Mortis because no. if they were to yeah. have done that, then you, you probably would have lost a whole bunch of people who never saw the clone wars and understood the Mortis right. trilogy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally made sense. And like we said, they did it in a really great way where it ties into Mortis, yeah. but doesn't require watching Mortis. Yep. So. Absolutely. Um, and uh, speaking of, uh, you know, but going back to Twilight of the Apprentice, um, Kanan makes the decision on Malachort not to go with his gut and to, and to, and to run away from Maul, right? Uh, he, he felt like we, he couldn't trust Maul. And instead, you know, at Ezra's insistence, he, he goes along with it. And that's when everything changes. It was kind of Kanan's big moment of failure in the series. And it was a turning point for the entire series where if you notice, everything goes wrong in the series after Malachort. Hmm. Um, interesting and and it uh. was because they chose to follow Maul instead of uh, in, instead of run away and, and try to see mm-hmm. his knowledge and the power and, and so uh, Kanan kind of feels like it was his failure and, and so he engineers the rescue of Ahsoka because he wants to redeem the past and correct right. the mistake where she died and that's why mm-hmm. Doom says you know redeem restore past um Redeem the redeem future. The fu- redeem the future, and it's because of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. You know, there is one thing I think we glossed over when they were in the world between worlds. The Emperor did state that the death of Kanan was... Um, things changed because of the death of Kanan. Oh, yes. Unexpected the fate of, changes. The fate of Lothal was Yes, yeah. thank you. Changed. Thank you. Just thought of that. When you brought that up about... Um, when you just brought that up, that reminded me that that was something that we didn't cover it's a good point what do you think that means yes. yeah i was gonna ask that question i have no clue <laughs> i think because maybe kanan maybe was seen given that he was um more trained than ezra i feel like maybe uh kanan might have been the key to opening the the temple and get granting him that access somehow but then ha- with him dying uh, that would be now left to the hands of Ezra. And mm. I feel like that might have changed uh, the Emperor's plans. So, yeah, mm. I'm not sure, really. Interesting. Interesting. So, so Okay. Interesting. So so what happens with, like, um, do you think, going back to the, the question and answer thing, um, do you think that anything from the series is going to in- influence other works did Filoni cover anything like that yeah he said you know 
like because the big question here is you know will this world between worlds open up the, all these other things in in the galaxy potentially and uh Fellini said he doesn't really he doesn't really know right they haven't they haven't written it yet um but you know he and and, and kiri hart have been working together for a while now and she she trusts him yes um they have similar tastes. He trusts his weirdness, he said. And, <laughs> and he was taught by the guy, right, George. Um, he tries to follow what George taught him and be the true spirit of what he learned and kind of represent George's um, style throughout the company, even if George might not always agree with every decision he makes. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really interesting. And in many ways, I'm curious what you think as well, as well Jenny but like this seemed like the most confident I've ever seen Dave Filoni. Not that he's not confident before, but he he's in a spot now where he's done multiple te- television series, successful Star Wars television series that people love. He's proven he can make good content, and he knows how to do it. He's got a great team, and it's not cocky, but it's he's assured of his of himself and his abilities. And so when he was asking, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I was the guy who was taught by George Lucas, and people trust me." And it was really cool to see. You know, he he, I can really tell he's kind of. You know, uh, found his knees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. I've never seen him quite that confident. Um, uh, uh, on you know, speaking to the the fans before. Yeah, and I think it helps that people came out of that screening feeling very positive about what they saw. Yeah. So, and he and er, where I was sitting, he actually was sitting two rows in front of me, and he sat. Mm. He wasn't there for the first three episodes. I think he was definitely there for. A world between worlds and uh he didn't have the hat on he made sure to take it off <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but yeah I, I think hearing the people the the audience's reaction to certain things definitely might have helped in in the way that he came across during that q a yeah mm-hmm. for sure for sure and he he hinted at new series uh he said we have one final movement oh, and then it's all over but this isn't he sounded like started like this isn't the end or something, and then he quickly, ch- you know, he changed topics on you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, did anybody put that... a little five year old kid up there to ask him that question? No, there was that... a little kid. There was a little the little Hera that oh, I picked right. on, yes. and I was hoping that she'd have like I wanted to whisper in her ear and tell her this is the question you should ask. So um... so so you were gonna cheat and prompt her the question, right? As yeah. the, as I the mean, moderator, that's, that's what I you think have to do. You're right. Yeah, Um, but she actually still had a very good question. I actually love the way that she phrased it because being her age, I think she was around seven or eight. She was trying to express what was in her mind, but she really couldn't at the same time. So she Mm -hmm. said something along the lines of, so that place, was that, how was that? And she just couldn't. She couldn't really finish the question because the, the, the everything that was presented in that episode was just so beyond her. But she mm. really wanted to know what was the inspiration ultimately behind it. To be fair, I probably would have been the exact same. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have to so say, Dave, you... um, that was like how what? <laughs> I have to say, Jordan, Jordan, I was really impressed because you you, you watched the episode for the first time. Right, it was very emotional. All this stuff's happening, and then you immediately had to go up and get up on stage and be like super chill and prepared. Yeah, it's funny because yeah, I only watched the first two episodes, and they gave me the opportunity to watch the third one, 
but at the same time i didn't want to just uh just watch the one and then keep wondering what was going to happen with mm-hmm. with the story so i said no that's fine I'll, I'll just watch the other two with the audience because i also wanted to have that experience um and so i i just did not know what to ex- she said mortis tracy also all she said was mortis <laughs> and i thought okay wow. i think i can work with that and i <laughs> i was still my mind was blown and and then just coming off of that you know the final moments of Keenan saying of Ezra saying goodbye to Keenan and Keenan saying may the force be with you always like I I started breaking down and I hugged Tracy before she gave me the mic and I thought oh my god what am I, how am I going to do this <laughs> um so I I still I I like sucked it up and, <laughs> and um and made sure that I you know introduced him and and started it off from there yeah well you would never have known you did a great job so <laughs> <laughs> thank uh, you yeah um and, and the last couple things Filoni talked about how you know it's okay if you don't like something as a fan uh you don't have to love everything um and so sometimes it's just not what you pictured too but you know you're not really listening to the story maybe mm-hmm. um he talked about how his shows always start off very accessible and then get deep over time so i wouldn't be surprised whatever they do next same thing starts out very accessible and then becomes a lot deeper um, yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he he said if he could if he could change one thing, he would go change the chocolate Easter Wookies from the beginning of the series uh, from Spark of Rebellion. That's <laughs> yeah. right. My mom asked that question. Yes, you're right. It was your mom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he says, you know, we're we're capable of so much more, <laughs> but they just come through a big change in the series. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they had la- to work with what they had at the time. Exactly, exactly. And then lastly. Um, you know, would he direct a movie? Uh, he actually seemed like he would. He did. I don't know. What do you think? It sounded to me like he he didn't almost want to direct a movie. Like he would do it if offered, but he's kind of happy to stay in TV because you can you can be a little weirder. You can be a little niche. Doesn't have quite the same level of broad audience that you have to attract. That um, was my impression as well. That that he was more comfortable with exploring something. Uh, along the lines of a series rather than a movie. And I know people are excited at the idea of him doing a movie, but I I think he, he might do it as like a, an experiment just to see. I mean, he's done it before with Clone yeah. Wars, Star Wars, yeah. the Clone Wars, the, the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of live action, it's a different story. It's a different ballpark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, there was. I think that about wraps up the Q and A. There was. It, it was just. It was. Yeah, I think that was pretty much it in terms of. And a lot of fans brought up good questions as well, which is great because I only had the fifteen minutes, and as I was trying to think of questions to ask him on the spot, I was like, "Oh man, I don't know if I have it in me to come up with anything." Because I, at one point, I just started throwing terms at him. I'm like, "Okay, Ezra, Lothwolves, Mortis, <laughs> let's talk about this." <laughs> <laughs> Your thoughts on Ezra. <laughs> yeah. Your thoughts on both wolves. Yeah. <laughs> now, we saw we saw Savage Press in the Pittsburgh Steeler colors. Uh, <laughs> did you think any of the characters from Rebels were going to follow those the same lines of you know Pittsburgh Steelers or uh, Pittsburgh Penguin <laughs> colors? I would just just for the heck of it. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad the audience really pulled in some great questions. Definitely. Definitely. Well. I think we're ready for the rating. Um, Can we ever really be well, ready? This is quite an episode. This is a we, long episode. You realize this is this is the penultimate 
Womp Rat rating that we will give to Rebels. <laughs> well, uh, yes, okay. it is. Even though next week there's kind of two yeah, but episodes. We, st- we still but... <laughs> have next week. Yeah, we still have next week. Uh, okay, but I guess... But okay, yes, it's the yeah. penultimate airing of Rebels. So... Yeah. Okay, so the, the ultimate rating for a penultimate show? No. Uh, with that, uh, though, uh, Stephen, what would you what would you rate this episode? Uh, you would <laughs> make me go first again. Uh, so I think I'm going to give this an eight and a half Womp Rats out of ten. Uh, just a... I, like, I don't even have the words to use for because it's just... It was that type of episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh something happened that means a lot and uh <laughs> yeah that that's all i've got um but it, i should say it was really enjoyable to watch as usual like the cast and crew did an amazing job uh and it was just just the fact that we could have this discussion and like we could keep this discussion discussion going about like what it means for like hours and mm-hmm. just we shouldn't do that because it'll get boring for everyone else very mm-hmm. quickly uh but yeah like i'll give it a, i'll give it a good eight and a half out of ten womp rats um i think what i'm gonna do again i'm just gonna be a little bit odd i'm not gonna do anything horrible to them uh you wouldn't oh. know it but my my eight and a half womp rats are actually eight and a half womp rats that have been saved from the last four years of rebels oh. Just, you know, each time something horrible was going to happen to them. (laughs) Uh, You know, Ezra just, he reached through and pulled them back in. Uh, Don't ask about the half. He was a little bit. The portal closed too quickly. A little unlucky. (laughs) The portal closed. Oh, Uh, no. Cauterized the wound. But. That's a tiny little mall like yeah. womp rat. Do, do, do womp rats like yeah, grow got, back? He's got spider they, like, legs. Wizards, you know, snakes can they like grow back? Or <laughs> I was almost gonna say Deadpool. Um... Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um... Well, okay. So if if I I I have to give this episode, I think I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give it ten. Ten womp rats. I loved it. Ten flat out. 10 flat out. Absolutely loved the episode. Um, watching it the first time, my jaw was on the floor the entire time. The the the, the sound design, the music, everything, the way it ties into Mortis, everything was just so perfect and how it expands the mythology in interesting ways. And I, I can't wait to discuss it with, you know, with everyone else uh, now that the episode's aired because it was just, it was, it was mind blowing. It was really cool. Uh, I loved it, and uh, being able to hear all the characters from all the different films just made it that much cooler. I would have loved to see the vi- the, the visuals as well, like they were originally thinking, but I get why. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna give mm-hmm. ten Womp Rats, and uh, you know that door where um, where you saved uh, all the Womp Rats, Stephen. Uh, th- my ten Womp yeah. Rats are ringing the door, so you know which which portal to go through to save Womp Rats. Oh, perfect. So guys, all the Womp Rats we've uh, hurt over the years are uh, are all back. They're alive. They're fine. We saved them. Great. <laughs> you're you're really putting pressure on me to make sure that I don't do anything crazy to mine. Uh, Tom. Yeah. Okay. Ten womp rats. Here. Whoops. Not a hundred. Sorry. <laughs> At, you know what? A hundred womp rats. There you go. No. Uh, ten womp rats. Uh, ten out of ten. 
I, I don't know what else to give this episode. It, it was so well done. And my 10 Womp Rats are going to be behind William's 10 Womp Rats to where they're at that doorbell ringing to come in. So, there you go. Very good. John Marie? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go with you guys and say 10. 10 out of 10. Uh, it's just it's just a beautifully put together episode and it's definitely one of my favorites. I know everyone loves the Twilight of the Apprentice episodes, but I definitely love this one the most. This is your new favorite? And especially, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> um, and, and as for my little 10 womp rats, um, I just, you know, I, I put little spacesuits on them and now they're just enjoying their hyperspace rides with the Purgle because that was, it was that <laughs> great of an Purgle. episode. <laughs> They're just having a great time with them now. (laughs) Wow. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, oh, man. I hate to say this. Yeah, this is going to be hard. Next time we record, coming up on Ion Cannon, Rebels Season 4, Episodes 14, 15, and 16, A Fool's Hope and Family Reunion and Farewell. Uh, And the episode... Ezra calls in every favor he can to rally together a ragtag group for a seemingly impossible fight against Governor Price and her Imperial forces. The last time we will ever see new Rebels episodes. And it appears we will get to see Governor Price one more time. Oh, and I'm sure we're going to get Thrawn. We're going to get lots of good stuff. Well, we're going to get Rock, too. Yeah. So, Generally, you know, do you, we, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but... Um, do you think Thrawn will survive the series? I think so. Um, his little prophecy with uh, the Bendu was more of a a defeat. So I can see him being uh, demoted or even mm. just losing terribly, but not losing his life. I think that's. I think that makes sense because then they can hopefully make. Uh, the Thrawn trilogy, br- bring it closer to canon again at some point with, you know, I think it'd be cool. They they do have the Thrawn Vader book coming out, they so they do. So yeah, <laughs> so excited, <laughs> man. We, I mean, we could go on, uh, you know, on and on about these episodes, but they were just so good. Uh, and generally, we want to thank you so much for joining us to review these yes. episodes. Thank you for joining us. It was, Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was, it's fun. It's been fun talking Star Wars Rebels with oh, you thank guys. Thank you. And thanks for staying up late to join us. I know yes. it's, uh, it's getting pretty late uh, on the East Coast. And thank you um, for doing that, too. But it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell people where they can uh, find you if they want to uh, you know, follow you or, or, or hear your podcasts? Yeah. So they can find me on Twitter with the Twitter handle Blue Jag Eyes, nice. and that's J A I G. And then you can also find me at thewookiegunner.com. And that's Wookie with two E's because I know there's some people who still use it with one. (laughs) (laughs) And you can pretty much find all the podcasts and other information there. Awesome. Great. Well, definitely uh, check out all your stuff. You've done a lot of uh, really great uh, podcasts, including um, Star Scavengers as well with, with Aaron. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta text them now about that theory. Of yes, his. I like it. I like it a lot. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if he's correct in just a few days. 
Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll go to his exactly, head. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are we going to do with him if that happens? Um, anyway, but yeah, no, th- thanks again for joining us. And uh, we'll be back next week with our review of the series finale. Oh, it's just sad. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.